Hi, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to this, which is our 10th free webinar in the 2017 Smart Building Series. And today we're talking about indoor mapping as the foundation of uh, building intelligence. So just a couple of things before we get started. Uh, obviously, if you guys have any questions, uh, we'd love to have them. Uh, so please just type them in. Um, I'll be able to get them here and then I can um, put them to our guest today. Uh, so yeah, please do that. Uh, definitely get involved. Also, uh, we have um, a iTunes and SoundCloud channel, so please subscribe to us. Um, you can just find us uh, through either of those by uh, searching for the Smart Building Series, uh, and then you can uh, get updated with all the content that we produce every month. Uh, and also we now have a YouTube channel as well. So we're doing some interviews, some video interviews with people and some interesting content there as well. Again, if you just search for uh, the Smart Building series, you'll, you'll find us. Uh, so yeah, let's get started. I just obviously need to say, first of all, a big thank you to Project Haystack uh, for sponsoring uh, the Smart Building series this year. Uh, if you don't know about these guys, they're an open source organization looking to simplify IoT data. Um, so yeah, definitely encourage you to go to project-haystack.org uh, and get involved with them. Uh, also, they have a, an autumn magazine out uh, that's just come out recently. So if you go to the website, uh, you can download that. And I'll put a link uh, to that in the show notes. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get started. I'm really pleased to uh, introduce Ankit, CEO of uh, Mycelo. Hi, Ankit. Good morning, everyone from San Francisco. Good to be on the call. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Not too early for you, I hope. Just getting the day started. I love it. Good. Yeah. So let's get let's get talking about um, indoor mapping. I'm going to change um, now to you, so you can uh, you can show us some slides. That sounds great. Just getting set up here. Maps are very visual, so I'm going to run you through just a lot of visual slides in the next few minutes to briefly set the stage of who we are, what we do, why we exist, and how in the last 24 months we've been working with hundreds of companies in the marketplace that are helping make buildings smarter. So just a quick double check here, you should see the Micello logo on your screen with my name there. Quick background on me, my name is Ankit, I'm the CEO at Micello. At the highest level, we are focused on indoor mapping, just maps of everyday buildings, commercial spaces, hospitals, stadiums, museums, convention centers, airports, all the interesting indoor places around the world. The company has been around for about 10 years, and in the last decade, I've spent an inordinate amount of time with facility managers, security folks, IT folks, and really trying to get at the crux of the transformations that are happening in buildings today to make them more efficient and smarter. So in the next few slides, I'll show you a bit of a high level on what we're really after to help kind of set the context of how we're approaching smart buildings. And then as quickly as possible, I want to show you about a dozen different products that are available in the market today that are making buildings smarter and how 
indoor map data is playing a fundamental role. It's literally a building block on making a building intelligent. So to kick things off, at Micello, we're thinking about how to map everything indoors. People affectionately refer to us as Google Maps, but inside a building, any hyper-local environment. We've mapped everything from data centers to nuclear power plants to manufacturing facilities to commercial buildings and museums and hospitals and shopping malls, retail stores, airports, libraries, dorms, stadiums, really any commercial environment that Google and Apple have uh, ignored so far on the outdoors, we're focusing on completely and really trying to open up the indoor built world for location-based services. I'm sure many of you are thinking, well, why do we really need an indoor map? Don't we already have floor plans? And you know, that's exactly where we started too, just 10 years ago. And we thought to ourselves, well, every building has a floor plan. It has a CAD drawing. Let's go ahead and use it. And we took a CAD drawing, something similar to what you see on the screen here, and we brought it onto a uh, iPhone back in 2008. And the experience was underwhelming. We could barely get the CAD drawing to even display on an iPhone. We had to save it as a PDF, and then it wasn't searchable. It wasn't really interactive. I couldn't show walking directions on a map. I really couldn't build any interesting applications with a CAD drawing or a static floor plan on all of the modern devices coming to market on an iPhone, on an Android, on a tablet. It just felt, and I think, you know, I think our assumption and I'm kind of guessing here is, you know, the CAD file was really good for what it was intended for, which was the construction side of a building. It was good for planning out the plumbing and the electrical wiring and kind of building the building. But when it comes to interactivity and building a real-time data-rich application, we tried and tried and tried, but we couldn't do a lot of work with a PDF. So what we've built at Micello is literally a data engine where we import your CAD drawings, your floor plans, whatever information is available about a building, and we literally tear it apart and compile it into a map database. We create polygons, add all the vectors, add all the metadata, navigation data, search data, occupant data. We fundamentally transform that CAD file into a database and mix it up with other data sources. Now, the work we do, in a way, is not all that different from what Google or Apple do for the outdoors. When you're making an outdoor map, you have your data sources, you have your software tools, and then you have your output being what we see on our iPhone or Android phones today. In a similar way, we start with raw material, transform it into structured map data, and through our platform, push it out every single day. Our team is producing maps of buildings all around the world. In fact, in the last couple of years, we've mapped out about 27 thousand venues around the world. That's roughly about 225,000 individual buildings of all shapes and sizes all over the place. We are by far the largest producer of structured indoor map data, and we've built an engine to really fine-tune it, automate it, and make it possible 
for us to realize our mission of getting a step closer of mapping everything indoors. One building at a time, we're going to get everything mapped out. Now, what does all of this mean? Can I ask what does all of this mean? Why is this important? Sorry, James, were you yeah, about to say something? I was just going to ask a question. Um, uh, yes, please. A question from the floor here. Um, is Micello compatible with Revit? So Micello will import Revit material. So whether it's a BIM model, an AutoCAD file from Autodesk, we will import those materials. And think of Micello as almost an abstraction layer on top of your Revit or your CAD file to sustain these interactive applications. So we definitely work with you know, various building information modeling systems, Revit and others, and import data from wherever we can get it. But it actually speaks to kind of why we're doing all of this. And the slide I'm showing you here is really probably one of the most important things that we've kind of built beyond the map data. So fundamentally what we do for any building is three things. Number one, we create the map of the building. Number two, we work with the building to keep it up to date. We've got self-serve map editors and simple tools that anyone can use to keep a map accurate or we'll do it for you. And then last, we've built an ecosystem of partner integrations with our data. And this is the most important part and quite novel to my solo. In a way, think of Micello as becoming a repository for the indoor map data and selectively through Micello.com, any building can claim their map and publish it into our ecosystem of partners. This is really exciting. We are integrated into products like Apple Maps, Cisco, ServiceNow, Facebook, Steelcase, Jable, many more about 85 integrations that are live in our ecosystem today, and I'll show you many of them in the next few minutes. Uh, we've got hundreds more in development. What this means is for every building that's mapped with Micello, that single map can be used in a variety of applications. Use it with ServiceNow for facility management. Use it with Apple to enable indoor positioning in your building. Use it with Cisco for Wi-Fi analytics. Use it with Ruckus for asset management of your buildings. Use it with Jable for energy management of your buildings. Use it with Steelcase for space analytics and visualization of how your occupancy is affecting the usage of your, of, of your space. Use it with Mist for indoor positioning. Use it with, uh, I'm looking for my security partner here, if I see anyone on the, use it with Geocom for public safety and security. One map of your building can be used in so many different ways. And all of these products that are either in the market or coming to market are all making your building smarter in some way or another, whether it's with optimizing how your space is being used, how you fulfill a work order, how you manage security, how employees in a building collaborate more effectively. Map data of your building enables all kinds of applications. And this is the heart, this is the new heart of Micello. On one part of our company is we're constantly producing the data, but on the other side, we're working with all kinds of tech companies to enable them to build the next generation of products that are location enabled and have a modern mapping experience. Best of all, partners love Micello. We're totally free for them. So we're quickly getting adoption and everyone is integrating with 
Mycelo as their data source. Mm. Do you have so, some examples? The rest of the time here. James, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, do you have some examples of, of how you've been working with people? Uh, definitely. So the rest of my slides here, I'm going to just highlight all kinds of different products and what they're doing and, and uh, show you some examples of these products and their applicability for the kinds of customers we're working with. So let's dive right into it. So let's kick things off with uh, kind of the closest category to indoor mapping, indoor positioning. Now, I'm sure for many of you on the call today, uh, you, you would have, I'm sure you've heard about, you know, the blue dots and trying to bring it into a building. How can you do, how can you track an asset or a person inside a building, whether it's for wayfinding or for collaboration? And there are at least 150 companies we know of who are trying to solve the indoor positioning problem, whether it's through Wi-Fi, Bluetooth beacons, sensors, lighting, so on and so forth. We're working with a number of them. The first one I'd like to introduce you to is uh, one of our partners, a company called Polestar. They have a platform called the Now Cloud, NAO Now Cloud. They're based out of, uh, out of France. Uh, they have some very powerful technology that leverages all of the RF fingerprints of the building, the Wi-Fi information, the magnetic information, all kinds of sensor information to triangulate and figure out where a person is located inside a building. So using their technology, you can get an accurate XYZ coordinate of a building, of a person or an asset inside a building, show it on an indoor map from Micello, and enable whether it's a wayfinding experience or an asset management experience using a combination of our two platforms. The screenshot here shows how kind of, you know, in, a, in an effortless way, how Micello data just flows right into their workflow to enable them to do their calibration and setup of indoor position for a building with an indoor map of the building. Another fairly popular company in the market today is one of our partners, a company called Mist Systems, uh, based out here in San Francisco. Uh, we've actually gone live with several customers in the last year, including uh, uh, the Swan and Dolphin Hotel, uh, a huge property down in Florida uh, for wayfinding. What uh, Mist does, which is a little bit different from everyone else, is they will, uh, through the Wi-Fi network inside your building, They've created some unique technology to create what they call a virtual Bluetooth beacon. So, for example, in the, I'm sure you've heard of Bluetooth beacons for sensors and proximity marketing, but you have to physically put those beacons all over your, all over your, um, your environment. With MIST and through their Wi-Fi APs, they're able to create a virtual network of Bluetooth beacons. It's pretty powerful technology, and to do all of that kind of setup and configuration, they import Micello data into their dashboards to track where is every AP, where is every virtual Bluetooth beacon, and ultimately then with their SDKs and tools, you can combine and enable the indoor blue dot experience with an indoor mapping and navigation experience. One last example here, because again, there's so many indoor positioning companies in the market. Uh, another company that gets a lot of uh, Credit, credit in the market today is, a, is one of our partners, a company called Indoor Atlas. Their claim to fame in the last couple of years has been around being able to do 
indoor positioning by picking up the magnetic signature of a building. So based on the metal of the building. So what you do is you get their calibration app and you walk through a built environment, be it a shopping mall, an office, a hospital, whatever it might be. And as you're walking through, using the magnometer on your phone, Android phone or an iPhone, they're building a signature of the magnetic activity of your building. And similar to creating a Wi-Fi map, they're creating a magnetic map of your environment and using that as a way to deliver an accurate indoor blue dot of your environment. With literally three clicks, you can pull micellar data into indoor Atlas. So as you are walking through the built environment, you can uh, create that magnetic fingerprint of your building on top of your micello map directly. So the, the maps again are playing a role in for all of our indoor positioning partners in enabling them to set up and configure and in a way make it more accurate to have a blue dot inside your building. And then of course, once you have the blue dot, you can use it for a variety of applications. Switching gears here a little bit, uh, we're exploring the use of micello data with a lot of different facility management products. This is getting closer to facilities and, and IT. One of our first integrations in this category is with ServiceNow. Many of you would know ServiceNow as a uh, ticket management company. Whenever something goes wrong, you file a ServiceNow ticket to create a workflow and a sequence of events uh, to have the problem resolved. ServiceNow introduced a facilities module a couple years ago and they initially were using a very static PDF floor plan. So they took a floor plan of your building, you uploaded it into ServiceNow, and then you had to very manually create all of the location records, create room one, room two, room three, room four, one by one to populate the database. And then when your floor plans changed, all the coordinates got messed up, you had to manually click on the map to see what uh, all the uh, all the issues were that that were recorded a couple of years ago about two years ago they looked at micello data and actually were one of the first partners to switch and use micello to fully automate that experience so no longer do facility direct facility managers or directors have to manually do any location work simply by using micello data and our structured database that we have within the map we're able to automatically create all of that information within ServiceNow. Uh, all the room numbers, all the cubicle numbers, makes it super easy to, to assign a task to a location and then ultimately visualize all the information, whether it's more advanced capabilities like user locations, move management, chargebacks, all the typical facility things are done in a way more powerful visual way with my fellow data. Just the user interface, does things that you just can't do with a PDF or a floor plan. Uh, we've got hundreds of customers with ServiceNow who are deployed and uh, whose buildings have been mapped out to, again, optimize the delivery of service inside those buildings. One of our other partners in kind of coming at it more from asset management is a company out of the UK called Asset Mapping. What these guys do is pretty clever. They will deploy sensors throughout your building. 
and they've built a dashboard to capture all of the analytics and all of the information that surfaces through those sensors. Think about it like this. If you deploy a thousand sensors in your building, you're going to be generating data every minute. That's a ton of data to review in a spreadsheet or in a chart. With a map as an interface, you can actually get a sense and get trends and understand that data in a more effective user interface. The map is a canvas, it's a dashboard to hold all of that information about a building together. And especially as literally every building gets uh, thousands of sensors deployed, you're gonna need a way to manage all of that. The map is a natural container for all of that information. Speaking of analytics and understanding the space, one of our upcoming partners uh, is a company called Domo. Domo is relatively well known in the BI community, business intelligence community. They actually were a customer for us first, and they liked the map experience so much that they quickly built a module within their own dashboard to be able to show a map. So for all of the kind of marketing folks or operations folks uh, who live and die in Domo every day for all of their business analytics, now with indoor maps being available with Domo relatively soon, all of your building operational data can be surfaced through Domo to visualize again all the information, all the, the summary, the analytics of everything that's happening inside your buildings, your number two cost uh, for any organization. One of our other partners, Biko, actually takes this a step further. Biko is a really cool company out of uh, Boston that's deploying sensors to, to do space management and kind of understanding how space is being utilized. So they've got a battery-less sensor that plugs into uh, the ceiling and kind of records and monitors how a conference room or how a space is being used. So they took it a step further and they've turned the map into, the in into an interface to get a sense of all of the analytics. So in the screenshot here, if you click on a room, you can actually see the analytics and the trend lines of how that space is being used. So the map as an interface to your building. It's really difficult to do this with a PDF or a CAD drawing. It's very manual. So all the kinds of partners that integrate with Micello are the ones who want to deploy in thousands of buildings quickly, right? If you do it with a CAD file, sure you'll get there, but it's very manual and very difficult. With Micello, you can productize it and scale it up. We really like how Biko is thinking about the map as an interface to the analytics that they're capturing. One, another one of our partners, MySeat, takes it a step further and actually shows all the analytics built into the map. MySeat is a company out of, out of France and I believe out of Toronto as well, Toronto, Canada. What they are doing is deploying sensors in a building and attaching it to a chair. It's a vibration sensor. So it can detect whether a chair is occupied or not occupied. And again, this is about capturing that information to make a better informed decision about how your space is being used. On the screenshot here, all the chairs that are red are occupied, all the chairs that are green are available. Uh, deployed in a bunch of uh, organizations with MySuit in the last uh, 18 months. Again, the insights that uh, sensors and our partners are, are delivering is profound for any organization to 
get a sense, get a real sense of how their space is being used and in a way to better understand what they can do with their space. This is the analytics showing up directly on a map of the building. Switching gears entirely, getting away from the enterprise applications and coming over to Yelp. Yelp is, came, came out to us uh, uh, kind of out of left field. And we've worked with them, working with them for a little over almost a year now. Yelp had an interesting problem that Max Data solved for them. Yelp in their database did not have a relationship or an understanding of a tenant of a building versus the building itself. So think about airports and shopping malls and more public buildings for a second here. So if you think of a shopping mall, when you're inside a shopping mall and you search for restaurants or you're inside an airport and you search for restaurants, many times Yelp would show results that were both inside the mall or inside the airport, but also results that were outside the mall or outside the airport. And that was a weird user experience. If I've already parked my car and I've gone inside a shopping mall, why would I leave? Right? I'm looking for the options inside the shopping mall. Micello's data naturally has that relationship between what is inside a building or what is outside. So with a partnership with, with Yelp, our customers, shopping malls and airports and stadiums, can opt in to share the latest tenant information automatically from Micello into Yelp to help the Yelp search engine and to help ultimately visitors to the building discover all the amenities and services this is available inside. This is, again, all part of making a building discoverable. Sometimes the services are inside for your employees or for your, you know, your customers inside a building, but many times it can also be for visitors and guests who are coming to your environment. So this integration is geared more towards public buildings. Naturally, we're pretty sure corporate buildings don't want to share their maps with Yelp, not yet. Uh, but uh, for shopping malls and airports, this is a very natural fit. We've actually expanded this to now include partners like Foursquare, Facebook, Infogroup, and Factual as well, so that all of the various uh, social media partners who need this location data can tap into it and automatically have the latest information about what, what is available inside a mall or an airport available in their databases. The last kind of category that I wanted to highlight for you is something very different that we have been working on for several years, and I'm kind of beginning to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. This is around public safety. Now, there's no doubt that maps are available for first responders and, and for public safety officials. They use outdoor maps to help when you dial 911, they use an outdoor map to help get from wherever they are to you as quickly as possible. Now, the last part of the problem is really the destination. When a policeman or a first responder comes to an apartment complex, comes to a commercial building, comes to a shopping mall, that last 100 yards is not mapped out to them. So what you end up finding is if you dial 911 from an apartment complex or from a shopping mall, the dispatcher who has taken 
in your call will be asking you a lot of questions. Well, where are you? Where's the unit number? What's the entrance to it? What's the fastest way to get there? And most of the time, you as the dialer on the phone, you, you're in an emergency, you're in a panic mode. And in a situation where seconds matter, uh, it's actually really disappointing how this last bit of information is not available when it's needed most. We've partnered with Geocom. Geocom is a company out of uh, Minneapolis. Uh, they are a leading provider of the geospatial software that is deployed and used by, by first responders and especially by the call taker. When you dial 911, the call taker is using Geocom software to pinpoint your location, provide directions, view all of the locations of police and fire on a map and help direct everyone to, this, to the scene of the emergency. As part of this partnership, for every building that Mycelo has mapped out, the venue owner can opt in to contribute the latest indoor maps from Mycelo to the public safety community so that if there is an emergency in your building, whether it's a school, a casino, a hospital, a shopping mall, an airport, if there's an emergency in your building, your latest maps from Mycelo will be available to first responders to dispatchers to better help you, you know, in the event of an emergency. So the screenshot that you see on the screen here is showing a map of a shopping mall with someone making a phone call from inside the mall. Now a dispatcher can talk to the first responder and say, hey, the person's calling, they're calling from you know, near the AT&T store, the best way to enter is from the north side, do this, do this. He just didn't have this information before. So we're really excited about the, about helping from a security perspective, helping buildings get smarter uh, in the event of an emergency in their environment. One more example here, there's a startup out of Boston, a company called VisSafe, that is doing this for kind of real-time incident management uh, for high-profile buildings like shopping malls and stadiums. And what they've built is a kind of a crowdsourced approach to it as well, where uh, kind of anyone inside a building can report an emergency and automatically connect with building security, with the security team, as well as with uh, kind of all the information getting distributed to all the first responders that, that need to know. So you simply kind of take a photo or take a video of what's going on, and then automatically your location is determined and shared with the relevant authorities. Uh, our first deployment with VisSafe, they're, again, an early stage startup out of Boston, is with the Patriots Stadium in, in Boston. So where are we going from here? Well, we have about 85 integrations. Our goal is to have these indoor maps available wherever any building owner wants to go. We, we were on a tour for the last uh, 30 days, going around the country, meeting with all of our customers and learning from them where else they want to see Micella. We heard things like, Get an integration with Outlook, get an integration with Microsoft Power BI, get an integration with Genetech, get an integration with uh, Chargeify, get an integration with Schneider Electric. Uh, we've been kind of going all over learning, you know, what products are being used by buildings around the country today and learning about how indoor map data can help play a more meaningful role. We've got hundreds of integrations coming every single week. We're launching new partners new integrations with my fellow data and helping make the products that you might be considering to deploy inside your organizations 
just a little bit smarter with accurate location data, accurate map data to make everything in your life a little, just a little bit simpler uh, to manage. So with that, thank you so much, everyone, for uh, joining the call today. Would love to answer any questions and uh, share everything I might have learned in the last decade about indoor mapping and all of these associated technologies. Thanks so much. James, over to you. Thanks very much, Ankit. That's, that was a really thorough and interesting presentation. Thanks a lot. Uh, some, yeah, so sort of surprised me actually. It's really um, like a lot of breadth there to kind of uh, the, the people that you're getting involved with. I was particularly thought the, the BI example was super interesting. You know, we, we're amazed every day. Uh, we have all kinds of companies uh, that are reaching out and partnering with, with my fellow for the data. Mm. And we, we learn from our, our partner community what they'd like to, to build with. And the Domo example was, was, was awesome. They, they joined as a customer first uh, using our maps with ServiceNow for facility management. And the IET team over there loved the map experience so much, within a couple of days, they built their own integration into Domo mm. uh, to, to show it off to their team. Right. Uh, I think uh, it's, uh, it, it was, a, again, it's, it's a testament to the platform, the APIs, that it's, you know, built relatively straightforward for any partner to, to, to integrate with Mycelo, but it also shows, you know, people are being creative. People are, are figuring out how to put the maps into a lot of different products. Well, I think that's why, you know, your analogy with, um, with Google Maps kind of resonated with me because, of course, I think, you know, when they launched that product along quite a while ago now, I mean, I don't think anyone could have envisaged how successful it would have been and where it's, where it's now where it now is, you know, not just its use in Uber, its use for car navigation, but, you know, all, um, all of these other services that, that, um, that Google and others offer that are built on top of, on top of that, that map API. Yep, the, you know, the, the outdoors was definitely an inspiration for us. Uh, a lot of interesting location-based services have been built for outdoors, as you mentioned, whether it's car ride sharing, whether it's search, whether it's social networks on a map, there's a lot of ways that the consumer uh, markets have, have been using in have been using map data. We think about indoors in a very enterprise way. The maps have to be private for one. They have to be locked down to the customer. There's a lot of security questions around who can view the data, who cannot view the data. And in a way, the indoors is its own kind of microcosm of an ecosystem where there's a lot of products and solutions tailored for the built environment uh, that are very different from the kinds of applications you see in the outdoors. But conceptually, fundamentally, it makes sense, right? If we can see a blue dot on an outdoor map to go from one place to another, you know, we should be able to see a blue dot for an indoor building to go from one place to another. If I can search and find information about restaurants on an outdoor map, I should be able to search and find everything about my building on an indoor map. Uh, conceptually, they're very similar, but the audiences, of course, are very different. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I've uh, got a couple of questions here for you from the, from the floor. Uh, do you involve end users whilst developing your services? And if you do, how? So for us, the end user is the building entity. So it could be the owner of the building, like a property owner, or it could be the tenant who is managing the space. If it's a commercial environment, if it could be a shopping mall, could be an airport, so really, whoever is kind of desiring to get that, that building mapped out. And 
we do all of our work remotely. So we access their floor plans, run it through our engine, create that first draft of the map for the customer. And then using our map editor and other data sources, our customers then get pretty hands-on in the process to add in additional data layers that might be missing from, uh, from the map or add additional content. In the last few weeks, I'm finding that many of our customers are adding in the location of fire extinguishers on our map. It's not in the CAD file. So by default, it doesn't come through on a Micello map, but they'll use our map editor and just drag and drop the location of every fire extinguisher because it's a data layer that is important for them to track. So the map is, in my mind, a living document. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving. More layers are being added. As things are, are changing, we work in partnership with the venue owner to uh, help keep the content uh, accurate. And by the way, you know, we don't really charge to make the map. We don't charge for the updates either. We just want to make sure that whatever content is there is totally accurate. It's the best possible map for that customer. Okay. So how actually are you making money then? Are you, is it more about the partnership program for you? Is that, is that how, how it works? Oh, so my seller makes money uh, just on one simple thing. So we actually only do three things, right? For any building, we will create the map, we will update the map, and we will distribute the map. So the create is free. The updating is totally free. The distribution is what we charge for. And we charge the building $500 per building per year per integration that they turn on. So it's 500 bucks to use the data with ServiceNow or with Cisco or with Jable or any of the partners. Uh, generally, volume discounts kick in if a customer has 20 or more buildings. We're totally free to the partner community. We're, in a way, paid for by the venue owner. And what we're finding, as an example, is uh, even an example of Mall of America. Mall of America is the largest shopping mall in, in the U.S. They've been a my fellow customer for about 20, 24 to 30 months, maybe two, two to two and a half years. And in the last year, they have turned on about a dozen or so integrations in our ecosystem. So they are opting in to send the data to Apple Maps, sending it to Yelp, sending it to Fenian for indoor positioning, using it with Express Image for their interactive kiosk provider. They're using it with some custom applications they've built. They've turned Micello into their source of truth for the map data. So the maps are updated with Micello almost every day with minor changes to, that are happening throughout the mall. And every time they change the map with Micello, it propagates to the network to all the partners who have been authorized to use the data. So again, it's a simple 500 bucks, any building per year to use with any one of our partners. And as our customers use the data with more products, you know, there's volume discounts and things built in for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Uh, so, in, in a sense, it's, it's the building that owns that map, right? In the same way that they would own the CAD file or they would own the uh, the BIM model or whatever it might be. That's right. The data is totally locked down to the customer. So, they have complete control on where it goes. Uh, it's totally private on Micello until they opt in to share it with another entity. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Got a load of questions for you here. Um, so, uh, one here, uh, where can... Um, building data from Micello go to next with 
external elements like parking structures become part of the Mycelo indoor map? Uh, definitely. Parking lots and parking garages uh, is is an area that we're, we're beginning to hear a little bit more about. So by default, whenever we make a map of, a, of an indoor building, it's kind of a weird way to say it, but it's actually more of a property map than it is an indoor map. So we include the parking lots, the handicapped parking, sidewalk, crosswalks, all the property information as well. Of course, our emphasis is on the indoors, but it's actually the starting point is uh, actually in a parking lot. From a applications perspective, I'm hearing about more interest coming from venue owners to monetize their parking spaces, do things like uh, delivery and pickup points and parking spaces. So as the parking space becomes more kind of real-time in nature, I think it's very natural for our partner community to take advantage of this data to build those kinds of applications. So right now the parking lot and the parking garage world is quite fragmented, but we've been exploring how to integrate with companies who are deploying sensors in parking spaces to in a way visualize real-time parking availability and enable those kinds of consumer applications around pickup and delivery. Uh, I think we're gonna start with more detailed parking maps of airports and stadiums, high-value places first, and then trickle down into uh, other environments. Yeah, that would make sense, definitely. Um, with uh, more and more users connecting to services and products via apps, do you see the end user as a key part of keeping your venues updated? So, for example, do you have a, a, pu like a public reporting tool um, to keep up with changes to stores, et cetera, in a more? We occasionally, especially for public environments, uh, actually back in the day, we used to do more public crowdsourcing. Uh, but 24 months ago, when we moved away from a traditional content licensing business into this platform and marketplace business that we have today, we realized that since we're working directly with the venue owner, it downplayed the importance of a crowdsourced approach to indoor mapping for us. Uh, because we're working with, for example, Mall of America directly, they know when everything is changing in their mall already. So relying on visitors to the mall to provide crowdsourced changes uh, wasn't as isn't as important to us anymore. Uh, because again, we're, we have that direct relationship with the venue owner. Mm. Yeah, it's a difficult one to find a balance there, I think, isn't it? But I, I thought the um, one of the examples you showed I thought was interesting, the, the last one with the startup and where they were allowing people to, um, uh, you know, record or um, if there were safety um, incidents, then they could report them to mm -hmm. people. Right. So I guess that's an example of kind of a crowdsourcing yeah. collaboration. Definitely agree with you. At the kind of partner level for us or at the solution level, totally makes sense. Mm. Uh, I think uh, when it comes to the map data itself, we probably wouldn't rely on uh, a casual end user to tell us the location of all the fire extinguishers in a building. You yeah. probably get that from the venue, but for at the application level, totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, another question here. Uh, what is the accuracy of location versus asset tagging? Well, I, I guess that's more to do with what the partner technology is like, isn't it? I mean, I'm assuming you can 
you can get pretty granular in terms of you know how uh, the, the scale of your maps. That's right. So for indoor location, uh, the accuracy can be anywhere from a couple centimeters up to 10 to 15 meters, depending on the, the technology that uh, you, de you deploy for your environment. A big driver for it is the use case. Now, if you are a retailer, then likely your target accuracy is one to two meters because that's the width of a of an aisle in a store and you want to be able to you know with some definite certainty know if a person is in aisle 12 or an aisle 15. if you are deploying at an airport where the footprint of the building is much larger a five to ten meter accuracy is likely to be good enough to help get the loc approximate location of where a person is Unfortunately, today, from what we've seen in the market, accuracy for indoor positioning is a function of cost. The more you spend, the more accurate the indoor positioning technology gets. Uh, and that's kind of disappointing because, you know, if you, if you really all want, you know, super accurate indoor positioning, it doesn't mean a ton of investment, a lot of hardware deployment by the venue owner to deliver a super accurate indoor positioning at the centimeter level. It's where the world is going in the next couple of years. Uh, more and more buildings are getting outfitted with more sensors. All of that can be leveraged for more hyper indoor positioning. Uh, but right now it is a it is a money game. The more you spend, the more accurate the indoor positioning will be. Yeah, we've done some research in, in this area and actually we're going to be doing a report the start of next year specifically about um, what, what, what we've called sort of um, workplace optimization. So, you know, very much about um, tracking assets and, and things in buildings. And yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, an interesting space because there's so many different um, companies that are getting involved in that and they're all are taking pretty different um, or looking at different ways of solving that problem. Um, some with more accuracy, some with less. And, and as you said, it's it, it seems to be a function of cost at the moment. Some more questions for you here. Uh, do you map both the passive and active components in buildings? Um, uh, yes, and I think maybe to clarify for everyone else in the room, and I think just make sure my understanding is also correct. Mm. I think by passive and active might might be referring to the public and private areas of a building. So. If you think of an airport or a shopping mall, there's the visitor side and then there's the back office areas. Uh, so the answer is yes, we do both both areas of, of the building and uh, we have some controls in place where we can surface different amounts of information to different use cases. So if we're using our shopping mall in a public environment, then you might not want to show the private areas, right? So we have a way to obfuscate that information. Whereas if you're building an enterprise app and you need the full detail or the public safety app and you need the back office information, then you're entitled to the full data set. Um, but yes, definitely there are indoor maps can get pretty complex, especially for stadiums, airports, and shopping malls that have this public and private angle to them. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, good point. I, I wasn't um, sure, I think that's a great explanation. I, I, I thought actually he was referring to something else, but I think you're, you're, you're spot on there. Here's uh, a question I wanted to ask. Um, it's come from the floor. Um, are you integrating with uh, BIM software? 
are you seeing interest from from companies that are that are involved in bin so i think the we're we're trying to figure it out i think it's a little we're we're in our research mode on trying to figure out how best we can engage more directly with bin so today when i look at kind of our partners and our customers it's very common for us to get a cad file of a building it's not so common for us to get a bin file it happens occasionally maybe one in a thousand buildings we do will have a bin file and we kind of use that uh, i think for us as i think about 2018 and kind of areas that we'd like to spend more time in we do want to figure out how we can work more closely with bin models of the building whether it's number 1 automatically import bin into mycelo number 2 automatically trigger changes that happen in mycelo back over to bin so have the bin out, output from mycelo and then three kind of the figure out the kind of the ecosystem between the, the bin world and the mycelo world today the way we think about it is the bin world has its own ecosystem of integrations where you know with with a bin model of a building you can you know click on a window and order new parts and get it or- automatically ordered and delivered and processed and shipped and paid for in a fully kind of integrated way i'm not sure how far that dream has been realized but that's kind of what people have been talking about for bin for a while mycelo is trying to build this other ecosystem which is on an operational side of a building you know how can that map data be used by this other set of intelligent enterprise applications that don't really need a don't need the depth and detail of a bin model that can't really even render a bin model in the browser and we're trying to serve that community of products that are trying to you know who need location data so we're trying to figure out in a way both bin and mycelo are trying to power these two different ecosystems and we're trying to figure out how bin and mycelo can play uh more closely together definitely uh, an area of focus for us as to get into 2010. Yeah, I think that's some um, super interesting area as far as I'm concerned um how that could potentially, you know, how you could work with that. I mean, it, I think the, the fact that you're getting more CAD files at the moment is just because BIM is something that is um is growing and and obviously it's it's a newer thing and it's newer buildings that are that are, you know, that that probably represent the, the biggest number of of BIM models that are out there. um but they as it's moving it sort of is the, the bim world is evolving and i know that they're trying to move towards level 3 and level 4 or whatever it is now but i i think ultimately where they want to get to is is a living you know breathing representation digital representation of the building um and i think that's also something that that you guys are, are interested in doing as well right so real time what is happening in that building and um uh and and i think the really interesting thing about bin model is that it's you know super granular information about you know every every kind of asset and and uh, that's gone into making that building um but unfortunately you know it's a, it's a way off yet i mean it's still being used as a, as something for in the design and construction phase rather than it being taken further into the facilities um management you know something that that lives with the building as it as it evolves there's a Dave, i think you said it's spot on uh bim is great for the construction and design side 
and my solo is great for the kind of operational side of the building. Mm. Yeah, and we'll see how how that evolves. Um, but yeah, I think it's very exciting for, for you and and Bim. Uh, some just some more questions where we finish off. Um, it's great that all of you guys are are, are interested in asking uh, Ankit questions. Thanks a lot. Uh, one here: um, Are you presenting uh, both two dimensional and three dimensional data? The Micello SDKs are software kits uh, render the data in two D. Uh, we find that to be the most efficient for the consumption of the data for, for our partners. Uh, however, with some of our more advanced APIs, when you grab the Micello data, you can actually render it in a 3D model as well. Uh, so we generally don't see a lot of interest from partners to do 3D, but technically you can take the data and render a 3D model of the building as well. Great. Um, also, an interesting question here. Um, how long does it take you, pers uh, you know, as your company or, or, or if, or if the, uh, the client does it, to, to map, say, the indoor assets for an area that's maybe 10,000 square meters? So for any, our, our team in, in a way works in a batch mode uh, every week, uh, and we're delivering anywhere from 300 to maybe 700 new venues per week. Uh, so for any given Mac request, if we, get a, if we get the floor plans for a building today, today's Tuesday, more than likely it'll be available within 48 hours, uh, along with you know, dozens of other locations. The absolute time it takes us, if we were only doing one map, is just a couple hours uh, to get a map from start to finish in our system. And this is after kind of years of investment in our in our production and our tools. Uh, I remember the first map I ever made for my solo seven years ago without any uh, technology or, or things. Uh, it took me about a week to get uh, a building processed. Uh, today, that's down to a couple hours. Uh, we've built our own set of tools to, uh, in a way, our own production system to create the content. So we don't use any Esri tools or QGIS or anything off the shelf, all the tools were built in-house and kind of custom tailored uh, to our workflow. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Uh, there's, a, there's a good comment here actually regarding what we were saying about BIM, I'll read it out. Um, there is a requirement for standardization of building services data for the built environment. Currently systems integration requires resource to normalize data before information can be gleaned from it. BIM hasn't addressed this yet as BIM level two is still uh, biased for construction delivery of an asset and operational aspect of BIM level three requires a standard for IoT BMS structured data. A standard will unlock live, i.e. dynamic information from the asset to enable FM operators uh, to manage their building. So that's interesting. There's, there's obviously a, a clear um, uh, step there between uh, level two and level three BIM. Uh, final question for you here, Ankit. Uh, for mapping of multiple floor venues, um, is there a correlation between uh, floors or in your maps are each floor independent from each other? So architecturally, every building has a unique identifier in our system and all the floors are contained within that identifier. Uh, so for example, uh, community ID number seven 
Windy 8 uh, in our system is Westfield Valley Fair Shopping Mall in San Jose. And it would contain uh, three levels. So each level would have a Z value along with a, a level ID in our system that's unique to that level across our database. Uh, so it's pretty well structured and standardized. Uh, but again, happy to speak offline about the, the more of the technical side of the map data. Mm, sure, that um, that would be great. Um, so, if people are interested in becoming partners, uh, how can they find out more information? How can they get involved in uh, you know in finding out, for example, about your API and all that kind of stuff? Uh, awesome. We we would love to have the conversation to see if we can uh, partner up. Uh, please email me directly, ankit at mycello dot com, or uh, contact us from our uh, mycello dot com homepage. And we'll be in touch immediately. We we exist to serve our partner community. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of the examples you gave are really really interesting. And it's uh, it's it's nice to have uh, you know something in the industry that is you know open uh, uses uh, web standards and all that kind of thing. So you know I think it's um could become you know very powerful tool for people who who are looking to you know create great applications for for people indoor indoors. Uh, yeah, and obviously it just remains for me to say um, big thanks for, for, for taking the time to, uh, to do this, and Kit, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, James. It's wonderful to be here with you today and with all the folks on, on, on the call. Thank you for the questions and for all the feedback. I, I think one big learning for me is you've got to go learn more about BIM. We'll try to see if <laughs> start this quarter instead of next quarter. Good, good. <laughs> And um, we'll make the uh, slides and the uh, the audio recording available for everybody. So um, I'll, I'll post that hopefully um, uh, tomorrow uh, so you'll be able to get hold of that. Um, and, yeah, and as I said before, please subscribe to either our iTunes or our SoundCloud uh, channel so then you'll, you'll get updated um, as soon as we release new content. If you just search for the Smart Building Series, you'll find that. Uh, yeah, and also just again to say thanks to our, our sponsor, Project Haystack. We're actually going to be doing um, a webinar with them next month. I think it's going to be on the 21st, and we're going to be looking at some of the key developments they've had in there with their open source uh, projects and super interesting developments that they're working on. Uh, so looking forward to that, and I'll be sending out an email about that towards the end of the month. Uh, so, yeah, thanks again for listening, and thank you, Ankit, for, uh, for taking the time today. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.